hubbub, a chaotic din caused by a crowd of people. Welcome to the Directors Hub Founders Support Club and our first ever series, Series 1, Episode 1, with our first guest, Wes Atkinson of Adapt Fitness. Good morning, Wes. Good morning. Morning, Wes. Good morning, Faye. So, um, we're just going to talk a bit about your background, really, to start with, Wes, and um, the fact that you bought a gym and then COVID hit and you had to deal with all of that as well. Mm. Um, but how did you, how did buying the gym come about? Tell us a bit about your tech background before that. Oh, well, um, my tech background was that I, um, I mean, it's how far, how far back do we want to go? <laughs> uh, so, tech background for me was I worked my way up into a company. Um, got to a certain point um, and then decided that uh, the corporate life wasn't for me and I wanted to start my own business. So I did that. It went for five years. Um, it was a corporate e-learning um, business, so a products company. And then um, at the end of that, when we were acquired, uh, I did an immediate exit uh, because I'd had enough of working and thought I needed a break. Um, and within about a month, I got bored. Um, and it was a life-changing amount of money. Um, so I thought I could retire on this for a bit. But then when you start meeting with financial advisors and things like that, and they tell you that actually you can't really retire on this amount, um, you need to do something else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, th I think the thing I've learned about all of this is uh, if you ever do go to sell your company, if you're, if you're lucky enough to have one and it's done very well, then um, I would recommend having a plan before you sell it. Because mine was I needed to get out and stop working. And then when I did, I didn't know what I was doing. So, so you had no plan beyond that point? I had no Just plan. No get plan. out, I had, Yeah, I had a, a young daughter, um, three years old, that I'd barely seen um, for three years. So um, apart from doing the nights and, and the usual duties, um, uh, yeah, even when I was on holiday with my family, I wasn't really there. I was always at work in my head. Um, so I needed to stop and, and know what that felt like. I mean, so, that, that's part of it, isn't it? The, yeah. the whole work-life balance, and it's easy yeah. to become consumed by your business. Yeah. So as yeah. you say, you weren't seeing your daughter. Yeah. Um, so how did you go from e-learning platform to buying a gym? <laughs> Where's the <laughs> well, leap there? Um, I, I had a personal trainer um, since April that year. So I sold my business in August, but I'd had a PT since um, April, a really good friend of mine. Um, and he approached me in October and said would you be interested in buying my gym? Um, and I said, oh, I, I, I don't know. Let's, let's have a look at it. Um, and I've been a member of gyms f uh, for about 10 years. You wouldn't know at the time looking <laughs> at me, but it was, it was one of those where I'd always gone into a gym and historically for me, my personal experience, I don't know if there's other people's, but there's always gyms that are either really, really expensive, um, very high standard, but run very poorly, or they yeah. treat their staff like rubbish, or they treat their members like rubbish, they treat them just like it's a cash machine. Um, or you have these other gyms that are quite cheap, intimidating, um, the equipment isn't so good. Um, but the staff are lovely. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be nice if there was something in between? And I always had that idea, um, but I have no idea, or at the time I had no idea how to run a gym. Um, and were and you always into your fitness? Not really, no. No, not really? No, not really. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I liked going to fitness classes, um, but I wouldn't say I was particularly enthusiastic about it. Like yeah. I, I, it was one of those things where I did my workout, enjoyed it, and, and that was it, and went about my business. So um, the idea of it, it, sort of, I started to think about it. I thought maybe I, maybe I would like um, to, to own a gym. And I, I went to see um, a previous owner now to... to to, to strike a deal with them um it didn't work out at first wasn't sure about it um and then it sort of got to 
December, and it was like we really need to do this deal very quickly. I think it was in some sort of trouble. So this was December. 2019. Um, 2019. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, so timeline. So I spent spent sort of four months doing a little bit of software consulting here and there. I had three holidays in in the space of four months, which is lovely. Sitting on a beach, actually (laughs) doing nothing. Um, Which I I will say, um, just again as as a warning, have a plan because when when work is your life and you haven't had that work life balance and you sell your business and you haven't got a plan um, and all your mates are still working, (laughs) it's a bit like oh. I actually don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Um, so it was suddenly it was a bit alien for me going back into a work environment. Um, and I went into this gym. It was December. Uh, we did the deal in two weeks, so it was really really quick. Um, yeah. Had another quick holiday before before January, <laughs> which was really nice. Had Christmas away, which was lovely. Well, why not? Um, and then went back in, and you know you started hearing a sort of murmur about this this. Um, flu that was in China yeah. uh, and it didn't really affect it was nothing really it got went on about my business didn't really know anything about it well, I think it. none of us thought yeah. it was at the time we sort of just, just thought oh it's something thousands of miles away and it's not going to affect us no. really no exactly so well I, I sort of got this gym as a really good deal I'd, I'd seen it as a bit of a transaction so you know what I go in and make it a nice place the staff seem really really nice the, the the building's a bit run down. The previous owner had had it for 17 years and sort of, you know, what well, yeah. needed, needed a break, I think. Um, and it was very popular. And I went in there with all my ideas, um, corporate background, um, and I realised that I hadn't bought a gym at all. I'd brought a community and a social hub, and people did not like me or my ideas. Really? That's so, interesting. Yeah, That's it really was, interesting. Yeah. You know, you had over, like, near to a 1,000 members and... They did not want me to do anything that I had planned. What they um, liked it the way it was. Yeah, liked even the way it, didn't see the problem. Down and, yeah, yeah. Even, even you know the way it was and and how they 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 felt it it worked, um, and it was sort of uh, without being too abrupt and rude and, and arrogant. I had to kind of well, it's clearly not worked because otherwise I wouldn't be the owner. Yeah. But also, um, I kind of have to understand why you don't like my ideas. Um, so. There was there was all of that backdrop, and I was about to do this refurb, and I started. I thought people would be really excited about spending some money on this club and yeah. that sort of thing, and and people didn't. They didn't want the noise, and I thought, well, how on earth am I going to do this? And I sort of started drawing up this plan that I would have to close the club for two months, and then yeah. started working on the marketing and the messaging, how I would get that across to people. And then we had a lockdown for four, so <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, but but even then, you know what it was. That taught me so much about how people... I haven't really worked directly with the public like that. You know, I'd always been business to business in my other um, organisation. So it taught me a lot about, you know, February hit and you started getting, oh, this is quite serious now. Um, You know, mid-February, late February, it started getting quite serious. People were a little bit worried about it. You start getting politicians on TV talking about the, you know, the flu. You know, it's just flu, you need to ride it out. Until it actually happened, I don't think any of us thought lockdown would actually happen no. it was quite a shock when it did well the thing is 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 it started to worry people so where people say oh you know um lockdown was was effect- you know lockdown really affected my business it affected many businesses for for me and a gym actually it started affecting it from late february uh, okay. beginning of march because yeah. people started cancelling okay um, and i thought well i need to sort of figure out how i stop this from happening because you know you start getting to a point you have a threshold of members where yeah. you need that's your break even then your profit um and i thought well if if this carries on this isn't gonna end i mean you know you had a gym that only only had like six to eight people that would leave a month and suddenly you had like 20 people leaving a week so that's think, quite oh, a that's huge quite soul destroying isn't yeah. it when that happens so so how did your business adapt to this oh, huge monumental yeah. push well for, for the start with 
before we knew a lockdown was coming, I thought, well, actually, how, how would I like to know? Um, and, and this kind of then set my messaging for the next two to three years because I thought, well, what would I like to hear um, if, if I was a gym member and I was a bit conscious about my health? And I started to kind of get in, try and get into the, pe- the people's heads about how they, what would they want to hear? And so the first thing I did is I actually, you know, nothing's changed in the gym. We're always a really clean gym. We're going to be we're following all the advice we can. Um, this is a safe environment for you to come and exercise. Nothing changes. You, you know, it's, it's not going to help you if you're if you're not exercising. You've been doing it for all this time, and it was kind of almost like that. I hate the phrase, but keep going, carry on. Like this yeah. is what we're doing. This is who we are. Um, you're perfectly safe. And I started to get a bit of respect from the membership. I yeah. started understanding who I was, um, and that stopped cancellations overnight. Yeah, and and it was great. And it was yeah. only until that that lockdown came in when it was yeah. like, oh oh crap. So okay. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. when lockdown yeah. actually hit and you realised you'd have to shut your gym, that you were just going to spend a lot of money on refurbing and yeah. sort of like this membership problem. How did you feel at that point? Was it an oh shit moment? Well, it, it wasn't. It wasn't because um, you know I'd, I'd had a, a budget in mind for a refurb right. already. So I'd had a committed spend that I was going to do anyway, um, regardless um, of. of whether the gym was running or not, and because I knew I was going to have to close it for two months to do what so I really wanted. So that sort of coincided, but yeah, then yeah. But there was this all, you know. I think it was about a week or or two of real uncertainty where you didn't really. The government said, "Oh, we're going to we're going to pay pay wages of people," yeah. um, but no one knew what that was looking like. And payday was fast approaching. You know, it was the twenty first of of March, I think, when we yeah. closed. Um, and I had nine days when I thought, I've got to pay all these people. And <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to make yeah, payroll? Like, yeah. how's, how's that going to work? Um, and I don't, th- we didn't receive any government money until the end of April. So I had that like almost, almost like six weeks where it yeah. was like in limbo. But again, I kind of went back to, to, the first thing I had to do is think about the people involved. And it didn't matter. I didn't really matter at this point. It was actually all my staff. They were all looking at me thinking right this guy I know, I've known this guy for 11 weeks like what's yeah. he going to do is he going to sack everyone because you had like, weather spoons everyone laying off staff yeah. um, and I turned around and I, I had to say straight away all your jobs are safe did you feel um, quite a lot of responsibility towards the staff and uh, uh, ensuring that they were okay as far as possible yeah, during that period a though? little bit again it, it was kind of I knew that some some of these people had families yeah. um, and, and mortgages and things like that and people they needed to take care of and I and I thought well actually you know I even if I uh, I thought I had even if I don't spend the money on the gym. I've got the money there. I need to be able to reassure them that this is the right place to stay and we're the right people. And and it's a people business, really. So you have, you know, all, all these gym members, they're expecting to see all that stuff when they return, when this lockdown, n- not that we had a date for that, but no. when this lockdown is finished, they're expecting to see all those people. And um, I thought, and I actually really liked quite a lot of the people as well. Yeah. So I thought, right, that's <laughs> we, we better tell them that they're all safe. Um, I'm going to pay all your wages, regardless yeah. of what the government does. Um and and that was how I, I I approached it was like no matter what happens you've got a job you've got a livelihood here yeah. um, let me handle the rest yeah. and, and so that's that's kind of how I did it and then in my back mind now I was thinking oh shit right now I've got <laughs> now I've got to come up with a plan that's a lot of pressure <laughs> on your shoulders because you've reassured all these people that they're going to be fine but you've got to now make sure that that's all that's what's going to happen I guess yeah but I think with my tech business where we didn't get any funding we, we actively avoided getting any funding previous. Yeah. Um, I always had that slight fear at the end of every month of goodness me I've got to pay all these people that, that, that need to pay <laughs> bills and livelihoods and things so that worry never goes away when you're a business owner when you have staff you've always got to think about how you're going to pay them even if you've got 
quite a bit of money in the bank. There's yeah. always that worry there. There's always that yeah. relief the day after you've met payroll. Go, thank God I've met it. It's well. the best. It's the, it, come and <laughs> no, see me on the first of every month. Ago, yeah. It's the best day ever. Yeah. I'm the happiest man because I've paid my staff <laughs> for another month. So um, I, I think it's it's definitely that. Um, so so for me, um, I I think. It didn't really. The enormity of it didn't really hit me until after all the lockdowns, yeah. and and I hadn't um, and hadn't really had a break through any of the lockdowns. But I had builders there, I had electricians there, yeah. I had people knocking the gym around. I was going to say, just as an aside, how did you find that during lockdown? Because I, I guess the sort of the gym closing for two months, coinciding with lockdown, mm. played you know to your advantage to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. But then I know that a lot of materials were in scarce supply during lockdowns, and builders were busy as hell doing stuff for mm. different people so did, did that uh, present any issues for you or did it, you manage to get the refurbishments done it, it man- managed to get there was a, a touch and go um on on a couple of bits of material but to, to be fair we'd ordered it all all in advance yeah. and so my builders were phoning up their suppliers saying are you still good for that you're still definitely okay. making delivery but again there was that two two week um for for certainly for my electricians and builders all their jobs on people's homes stopped yeah. Because there was that two weeks of uncertainty. Like, are we actually still allowed to do this? Like, are yeah. we allowed to go into people's homes and do these things? Um, and so I remember my builders phoning me and saying, right, if you keep us on, even if there's a lockdown, we'll give you this special rate across right. all of your refurb. Yeah. So that started working to my advantage. Yeah. And it worked to their advantage because they knew that they were always going to get work. And yeah. because sure, all their phones went dead. No one was booking an electrician or builder because they didn't know if they'd no. be allowed them in their homes. Um, obviously, after that two, three weeks, the, the work started coming in. Yeah. But then you couldn't get the materials but we'd had it all pre-ordered. But so yes, yeah, yeah. so no, it didn't at the time. Yeah. Um, so how it went, the first lockdown was one of those, it was, we did the work every day, got the refurb done, um, got that out of the way. Um, I would say the second lockdown was a bit of a surprise um, and quite a painful financially because yeah. it was, you, you sort of had opened up in building to that moment and then closed for a month. Um, and we just had to say that you don't have to work. Like with the first lockdown, we, we gave people the option of continuing to pay their membership and then we'd give them back some nice credit or do something yeah. nice for them, which we did. Hmm. In the second one, it was just like, I'm just going to have to yeah, pause all your payments and not take anything. And the third one nearly killed us. Well, the third yeah. one was the longest. Oh, yeah. That was January to April, really, yeah. before the gyms reopened again, yeah. wasn't it? So it was yeah. a long old time to be without yeah. any income i guess well it was it was horrific because in the summer you had we had the, i mean one of the things i did with the grant money that the government very kindly gave to businesses um was i thought well it's not actually good enough to cover a rent for a massive warehouse in yeah. hove um so i used it to buy a van um yeah. so some of it to buy a van to then use it as, as a delivery service for fitness equipment around hove so that's oh, how okay, we because cool. i also had this problem where i had all this equipment in the way of a refurb yeah so i, I haphazardly used other people's houses to store my equipment (laughs) (laughs) while making a bit of money out of it in the process yeah yeah yeah. and um but that that couldn't do that in the second lockdown and the refurb was done at that point and the third um it was winter and cold and no one really wanted to work out and they'd had enough of it by it was fun in the summer when you're jumping around in your back garden but it wasn't in in the third lockdown so so yeah that was that was really tricky and i think that from I won't insult anyone by self-diagnosing myself with some form of PTSD, but I d- definitely develop some sort of characteristic yeah. when you're sitting around in an empty warehouse yeah. wondering what on earth you've done. So yeah. um, I guess yeah, you must yourself. have found that really hard at that point, which yeah. is there was at one point, I mean, there was an end in sight, but there wasn't almost as well. Yeah. It's like, when is this lockdown going to end with the kids at home, off school, yeah. not going into work, all that stuff. It was it was a long 
drawn out period. So if you're running a business during that time and you've got no one going into your business, I can yeah. totally understand that you must have been a bit feeling the pressure. I would say. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it was, it was before you got this this massive you know massive grant from the government. Before in the first lockdown, you didn't get that in the third, and and no. so you know just for and I have two gyms in Hove, so not just one. Um, so I've got yeah. a small gym and then this this larger gym in in nearer to Port Slade. And you think just just on that one, they're giving giving me about a quarter of the money to cover the rent. So yeah. and it's, and that's every month, yeah. and and that's not going. And I've got no income. So it's like, how on earth do we do this? And some of the rules were relaxed. We were able able to do a bit of outside PT, but it, it was zero degrees outside, yeah. and you couldn't bring them inside. So it was yeah, personal training clients in the freezing weather, and asking your PTs, and obviously you can't put them in furlough because they're working. So yeah. it's yeah, it was it was a real kind of balancing act um and i have to say that was the that was the the first lockdown it was the third lockdown but it was the first lockdown where i actually said to some staff i don't think i can guarantee your jobs anymore um and i don't think i can do this anymore because i think it's going to there's there's no way i can get out the other side of this so i can furlough but once we come out i can't bring you out of furlough um we're gonna have to operate on some sort of reduced business model because that was the thing end of lockdown you thought hey it's not gonna happen again i'm sure it'll be fine (laughs) you bring all your staff out of furlough and then the customers don't come because there's no vaccine they're worried about coming in and that was that was one of the biggest challenges when people said, oh, it's all right, you're open again. Well, 50% of my membership haven't turned up. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to come back because there's no vaccine. And, and they're over the age of a certain bracket that's more at risk. Did you so, see a big drop-off in membership yeah, for that huge. third lockdown of people not coming yeah. back? Have you, uh, did you have to do a lot of work to in, sort of encourage new membership at that point? Um, if anything, I gave up trying to get them back. Okay. Um, so we tried for a month ringing around, reassuring people. Um, and I thought, this isn't working. Yeah. Um, and we have to pivot. We have to do something else. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't just people that were unsure about coming back. A lot of people had gone home to their parents. Yeah. Um, so we have um, EDF, for example, um, 400 people in that building yeah. right next door to us. None of them was working in the office, so they didn't need a gym membership. That yeah. was the thing. A lot of people went to gym on their lunch break, yeah. but they didn't need to. And they, they lived far far away. Some of them lived in Worthing, and my gym's in Hove, but yeah. they drive into EDF and then use my Hove yeah. gym. Um, but they didn't need to come back. And a lot of people moved back to, to you know Surrey and other places where they were from, and they were actually just in Brighton. They were working remotely from their parents. So I actually had to find people that had come from maybe London and moved back to Hove to their parents so I had to basically re-canvas all the local area I I had to do local ads to make sure I could get those people I had to sponsor local businesses to make sure that our flyers were there it was a real kind of actually we're launching again as a fresh business I was going to say I hadn't really thought about it in terms of that sort of um, home working or hybrid working but of course a lot of people do do that go Mm. go to a gym near where they work rather than near their home so that would have had a knock-on effect but um, so I guess you had to sort of as you say start from the ground up and get yeah. all these new people and really rethink your marketing throughout it all yeah yeah and i think my knowledge of of marketing from you know before when you start a tech business and you start with two people in a bedroom <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to do everything you are the marketing yeah. manager so I was, I was kind of okay with doing that and i knew enough about facebook ads to get that traction yeah. um, it wasn't until later that i brought in an agency to to hit different audiences that i didn't know how to yeah. um but that worked for for a time yeah um, and, it, and it got us there but it was really about um you know keep off thing is with 
with gyms is people say it's really hard running a gym. There's a, there's that you know, this bit like running a bar. It's really hard. Yeah. A lot of, lot of stuff to do with a gym. It actually isn't very hard. Yeah. Um, to to have your systems in place. For me, it's not very hard. For other people, I'm sure it is a challenge. But uh, my tech background, a lot of yeah. it you can do automate. You can automate a lot of the the sign ups and things that a lot yeah. of gyms still have paper forms for. I was going to say, do you yeah. think your tech back background does help with that? Uh, all, the, all the automated yeah. systems that yeah. a lot of, a lot of people just wouldn't understand or or know about that could save them a lot of time and money i suppose yeah yeah def- de- definitely i mean there a lot of, even even one of the big chains that that i've been into the, the more prestigious change of, of of gyms yeah i go in there and it's forms that you have to fill in and then they will have some a, a staff process and type up those forms yeah. and things like that so even even today so in in this day and age so First thing I did was like bring in digital forms or all of that and automated systems back to front. So I actually wrote code to automate some of the systems between um, to to make it easier for us and bring our costs down. Um, so and and when I when I came into the business, the previous owner had two bits of software: one for classes, one for gym. Right. Um, so I managed like there's about a thousand pound saving there. So I was yeah. I was cutting down and changing, shopping and changing bits. They're easy for me and not for other people. Um, so the the actual difficult part of running a gym is convincing someone to part with their cash every yeah. month then you're good enough to do that yeah um and there's a lot of competition in hove um there's a huge amount of competition and and so you i looked at why people hate gyms and i started reading blogs of why people hate gyms uh, why you should work out from home oh, really? yes yeah, yeah, so i started getting into the site again it's kind of trying to read people and understand why wouldn't i go there yeah um and i i found uh, a particular article where um, it, it, I don't mind dropping the name of the gym because it's, it was an, on the BBC website. So Fitness First, for example, yeah. a, couple, a couple lost their jobs. And they said, well, that's tough luck. Three months notice for each of you. And said, well, we can't afford it. And they yeah. tried to drag them and they were chasing them for payments right, and that sort of thing. And in the end, it went out onto Twitter and obviously Fitness First got absolutely destroyed. Yeah. You know, the, the public court of opinion convicted yeah. them as guilty. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was one of those where gyms had a reputation of grabbing your money yeah long notice periods making it really hard horrible like joining fee what the hell is that like an admin fee for joining 30 pounds admin i fee. know i have i have yeah. to say i mean I'm, I'm a member of a gym but the one that i looked at joining i deliberately didn't join because i was like well i'm, I'm the membership's 100 and something pounds a month plus you want a 60 quid joining fee and it was on principle of that joining fee that yeah. i thought i'm not it's paying for it yeah i, I am not with a gym but I was in the past. Mm. And uh, yes, you're right. It was like, uh, you know, 60 to 80 pounds for a joining fee. And uh, it's a ludicrous amount of, um, of money to actually pay just to join a gym. Yeah. And, and the thing is, this day and age, I don't, I, I have this debate. I'm, I'm on a Facebook group with other gym owners and, and some of them are really old school. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is just a nice bit of extra money, isn't it? I said, well, not for the person paying you. Like, <laughs> it's Paying for the privilege yeah. of joining a gym. And, yeah. and if you've got your, I mean, uh, fair enough, they're like, oh, no, but you have to have staff to sit there, to register. And I said, well, in this day and age, I have an app. They register yeah. on that app. I've got the details. They have their car details. Yeah, it's all and automated now. They can, now then they can it? scan the barcode at my entry system. So yeah. they haven't cost me anything. Yeah. Um, and they're already paying that membership to up to upkeep of the gym and everything else. So, um, yeah, so I, I scrapped the joining fee. Yeah. I, I scrapped cancellation fees. I, yeah. I scrapped notice periods. I just yeah. said, look, give us, you know, 14 days so we can stop your payment, that yeah. sort of thing. And, it, and it's a nice a nice little way of, of, of so that we can bring things to a nice close. Yeah. So we, we started, and, and a lot of the budget chains, um, so gym group, cure gym, do that yeah. anyway. So yeah. it's like they're they're giving people the convenience, and I I kind of often compare it to 
um, and I can say this, my dad does an ex-taxi driver about taxi driving an Uber. Yeah. No one got in an Uber because it was better. The car was better. Actually, the cars were often the type of family cars you get into. It's just because you could pay by card, and taxi drivers seem to hate, you know, they seem to swear at you and pull a face <laughs> when you gave them a card. You know, that was yeah. that was the difference. And so I kind of got rid of everything that was annoying about a gym. Yeah. Um, in my gym so it was yeah. easier for people to join and and that's where we started to, to kind of not beat the competition but stand out apart from the competition i was going to say what other things have you done to differentiate yourself because you did talk a while back about um you had a survey done didn't you that you were um how was it brighton and Hove's friendliest gym Is yeah that right yeah, yeah exactly yeah so people started dropping out their Hove's friendliest gym yeah. like, oh are we <laughs> <laughs> but then but then it was it was one of those as well um you you have it's, it's quite old school in in terms of how fitness is, um, and one of the one of the big things about Brighton is it's such a welcoming place, um, and you do have a lot of people that don't identify as genders that are trans um, yeah. that still need to keep fit and still need to come into a gym. But when you've got um, a fitness instructor in front of you saying, um, "Right, girls, let's get to work," or "Right, guys, let's get to work," they're, they're using all this language that doesn't, and it yeah. can it can offend people. And I'm not talking about you know the the, the people go, "Oh, yeah, that's woke." It's actually if if you want to be in an environment where you're accepted for who you are and keep fit, then it doesn't take a lot of effort to to bring that environment to them um, yeah. for them to be there. So um, we're probably one of the first gyms that I know of in, in Brighton Hove that have gender neutral toilets and gender neutral right. shower rooms. Um, we've obviously got shower rooms for, for people that identify as, as, as men and women, but we also have like a gender neutral place that yeah. people can go. Um, and it's not like we're, we're making a thing of it. It's just, we're just making it easy for people to come and work yeah. out no matter who you are. Um, yeah. And that, that's, kind of, that's kind of where I put it is it doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from, um, and and if you you know if you don't like gyms you find them intimidating then we're probably the place you want to come and yeah. go because we've got machines and stuff that have tech assisted fitness where you don't even have to talk to someone yeah. you can come in and it can tell you what you're doing as your yeah. workout which is a good thing because I mean I'm I'm a seasoned gym goer and I, I weight train and stuff and I don't mind going in and heaving the big weights and stuff but even sometimes I find when you go into certain gyms and there's a lot of blokes with really massive weights and you know i'll still go in and use the free weight section but it's a little bit intimidating so mm. that idea of including everyone so that they can come in i think is a really it's a really positive step forward isn't it because not everyone wants not everyone feels comfortable in that environment so doing things that can encourage that has got to be a, a good way forward a good business model yeah very, very yeah positive oh yeah. thank you thank you sonny but the the other thing is 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 you have to address that because we found a lot of um ladies didn't go into the weights area yeah. for that reason. So the the Olympic bars, the plates, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, and so we did a lifting club on a Sunday, yeah. um, which we found predominantly ladies went into and and wanted to learn how to lift those those big weights. Is that helping to build confidence? Because I guess if you've just got to go into an area like that straight away, it can be quite nerve wracking. But a club like that will teach them how to do it properly yeah. and give them the confidence to then go and exactly. do it on their own. E exactly, and I, I think that's that's the, that's what we were trying to do um in to show people that anyone can do it um and a lot of the time you go in there and and, and there's people that aren't doing it correctly they're going to really hurt themselves yeah. as well so there's a safety element to it yeah. as well so people say oh i don't really want to do it because I'm, I'm worried about hurting myself yeah. um but it's so beneficial to lift weights um that regardless and it's not going to make you big and bulky it's actually no. just going <laughs> to make you really well toned and, and healthy and it yeah. can help your heart rate and all sorts of exactly. different things that yeah. you, you don't realize so yeah for me that 
that was where we could differentiate is is kind of breaking down all the barriers and the yeah. things that people don't really talk about or they say is like a passing comment when you drill into that what can you yeah. do about that and how can you service that so um your membership now post covid post having to deal with all these things going on the different lockdowns and um remarketing to new membership and so on so your your demographic is it is it a real mixture of um people now from sort of 18 to 80 and yeah mixture of women men and women and yeah yeah so, so. We, we go from we go from 18 right up to 88 wow. is our membership that's quite impressive um, yeah and it's it's great though because um they 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 mix together as well there is the, yeah. uh, I mean, you get the odd young people young group people that sort of crowding around machines which we, yeah. we, we stop and break up straight away you know we stop yeah. we don't like that sort of thing happening in the gym we, we don't again that's kind of breaking down that intimidation yeah. barrier like seeing people crowding around machines but you do get you know the uh the the older gentleman chatting with the younger guys <laughs> and i love it and and, yeah. and and vice versa and you see it all the time and it's and it's really nice and uh, yeah <laughs> this guy's got a bit of a nickname he's a gym uncle you know he goes okay, around brilliant. and he chats to everyone yeah. and it's, it's really nice <laughs> yeah. it's really nice and you now we had a member there that was um that was that was uh 80 83 um recently passed um bless him but he uh yeah he, he was great and you'd see him a really yeah. big brighton fan he would be chatting to yeah. the, the the guys about the game and everything else oh, so fantastic. yeah it was, it's, it's great to see all of that in the gym so it's, you've still got that real community there and, and how much does that change from when you first took over now to i mean some of those original members that you said weren't keen on what you were doing are mm. they are they still members now or have you found that it's changed and some members have gone and you've um, brought Ooh, on newer it's a, members it's a touchy it? subject that one so yeah we did lose a few members based yeah. on my behavior and and, and oh, that sounds like <laughs> <What> <laughs> Sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, based on my decisions, I should say, not my behaviour. So, the first thing I did when I, when I stepped in, the, the the business was confused a little mm. bit into it. It was trying to service everyone, but okay. but putting labels on it. So there was an over fifties club that yeah. called Forever Fit, um, and the first thing I did when I stepped through the door was disband it. Yeah. Um, because we had like this, we had a hit club. So this is like high intensive interval training, um, like flashing lights, like big workouts. Like was that tribe? Yeah, tribe. Yeah, I used yeah, to be yeah. a member of that many years. Oh, ago. Oh, great! Go, yeah, yeah, that's great. People love yeah. it, and all ages do it. Uh, but it was quite intimidating for some people, and so yeah, you, it was quite you, hardcore at times. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you had you had tribe, and then you had like this over fifties club where they were doing, you know boxer size and really like yeah. light weights and that sort of thing and and kind of the zumba style stuff yeah. which was kind of really low intensity and the high intensity um but the i'm prop- sorry I'm, I'm listening to this and i'm thinking oh my god i'm over 50 and i'm not even doing boxer size <laughs> and things like that. I, i'd rather do the, the trance stuff and the bouncing you know that sounds much more fun well and and you'd be very welcome to try it sunny i'll do it with you so <laughs> i don't know it's that that, that tag over 50 i'm not quite 50 yet anyway got a few years i yet. think they need but to increase that to 60 just, or 70 just, yeah. it doesn't well, sound 50 right 50 sounds it's not it doesn't it's not old anymore but exactly that over 50 exactly. makes it sound like you yeah. should be in your bath chair well, the, the, <laughs> pro- the, the problem was we have we have people that are in the 70s so i'm not going in that club that's where all the old people go yeah, exactly. and then people in the 70s in the 70s doing tribe which was amazing yeah. so um i kind of had to get rid of that label um which meant get rid of it and but uh, the story i'll always go back to is a lady who was 38 she just had some surgery on her knee and she said, I really like the look of Tribe, but I can't do it. Yeah. Um, I really like the look of those old, um, those, not old people's glasses, those, are, <laughs> those are low intensity glasses, um, but I'm not allowed in there because I'm not over 50. And I said, well, there's no space for you. I, I actually said, it looks like there's no, no space for you at my club. Well, bear, bear with me, give me a week and I'll come back to him. So I disbanded the over yeah. 50s law, the rule, which I was very unhappy about because yeah. it would they they go... The, 
what they used to do, and, and, and I'll, I'll say it's quite openly because it was quite a depressing part of my business when I brought it, is the order of the day was you go in, you owe 50 class, there's, there's a set amount of them, they're always the same people. They go and do their fitness class, they come back downstairs, the poor receptionist would have to make them tea and coffee because uh, that was the rule, and, and, and give them biscuits. Well. They'd sit around a table and chairs and bitch and whine about how much they hated the new owner that was me standing oh, really? behind them oh, listening wow. to it all. They didn't know who I was. So, you must have heard some a, interesting tips. Yeah, oh, yeah, God. That was, I was trying to, apparently I was trying to turn it into a David Lloyd. I'm going to charge everyone £100 a month. I had yeah. no such intention. But, yeah, yeah they, they all came up with what I was going to do to them. So so I disbanded their club. So, <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's yeah. really interesting to, to talk to you, Wes, about, about your journey mm. and what you've obviously been going through and the whole process of resilience of what this um, this podcast is for yourself today um, can we I mean I, I'm in awe of, of what you've gone through um, and how you survived um, buying the gym during COVID and then having the, the resilience to actually build everything around that so can you? I know. Obviously, you obviously have the gym, but you also we've touched on the kind of tech background mm. as well. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. So if you do your job properly as a gym owner, um, and I think this is one of the things I learned from the, the tech business, if you do your job properly, and a, a lot of business owners are in the business themselves, they do the actual. So if their business is a tech business, they will be a software developer, and they will also be developing code at the same time. Um, and one of the things I learned is that actually I need to be a business owner. Someone needs to be there telling people, leading people, an actual leadership um, position in the company where you show your team which way you're going to go. And you can't do that successfully if you're 90% of the time being as part of the actual business. Um, my, that's just my opinion um, from my experience, and maybe that's because I'm particularly bad at doing both. So I, I had to choose one or the other. Um, and so from my point of view with the gym, if you do it right, I still have to do bits in there. I still have to spend um, like maybe one or two days a week in there properly going through it. There will always be people that, that don't like what you're doing or they'll always you can't please everyone. There might be staff members where there'll be issues that you need to resolve or, or challenges that have come up. Um, or they might decide to move on and you need to backfill higher and you need to do some interviews with people or be that, that kind of second interview. So there's always little bits to do. But if you do a proper job, and you've hired the right people and you've got enough money in your business to do it, you shouldn't really need to be there day to day. And you can almost find yourself getting in the way. Um, so, I had, so, so for me, um, I distanced myself a little bit from my business. I'm still very much um, in touch with all the detail. Um, but that allows me to do other things in the week. So I'm a chairperson for an um, e-learning business called Mint Interactive. Um, that was one of the, the positions I was very happy to accept with uh, two gentlemen, Paul and Michael, lo lovely, lovely guys, and a lovely team as well. Um, and that was, they've been in the e-learning business, uh, two companies merged into one, and they want to take the business to the next level in terms of where they go in the future, building it up, a uh, bigger team. Um, and I said, well, I've done that. Maybe I can, maybe I can show <laughs> you the right way of, of, of avoiding all the mistakes that I made, um, which was which was welcomed. And and so we're doing some really interesting stuff um, and trying new things with the business that they've never done before. Um, which you know traditionally, I, I wish I would have had a chairperson to to help me do that and guide me a, a little bit because. Um, a lot of the time it was arguments with my ex-business partner, <laughs> uh, which is often where I was the problem, to be honest, and, and, uh, and, and a very st a steep learning curve. Um, so, so for me, I do uh, I, chairperson there, and I also have a tech consultancy business, uh, Prevent Default, that I've worked on. So I formed that company as almost like a, a, 
place to put my my invoices through initially but then started building it up as something prevent default is is actually a, a coding term in javascript for you're kind of preventing the default behavior of that code you're changing it slightly to do what you want you're overwriting it slightly um and so i kind of marketed it as re preventing the default behaviors of a business that's gone bad and and so i'll go in and there might be so a typical tech consultancy i might do is a business that is looking to buy a new bit of software um, they go in front of the salesperson who tells them a bunch of stuff or shows them a bit of a product. They show them the full product, but actually what they think they're paying for is the full product, but actually they get a tiny product that's, and then they have to pay all the extras to the add-on. So as a consultant, I go in, I actually ask the difficult questions to the salesperson. I'll then spec it out. I might do some work for them in terms of moving their data around, so data manipulation, technology work. So I'll do the whole the 360 model, so the whole lot. So software training. Um, and I get involved in business and then I leave after three months. And it's a nice little thing that I've, I, can, I can walk away knowing I spent um, a de decent amount of money on my day rate and I've had a great effect and change on that business. And it's a nice, always a nice little project to work on when I go into a business. Three months, turn everything around. There you go. Call me again if you need me. <laughs> and so that's what Prevent Default is. And it's a nice little thing that I can, I can keep my experience. I can keep coding. Um, but I can also still have fun and run the gym, which I love doing now, and, and I love the people. It sounds yeah. absolutely amazing because you, you're, in, in essence, running multiple companies mm. um, with this kind of, dare I say the word, lifestyle yeah. um, in the background. And obviously, you have a family as well. Yeah. Um, so, you, obviously, you're juggling all of that as well. Um, yeah. So, that must be fun too. Well, I love it because I get to do the school run every day. It's a privilege. I get to walk down there every day and do the school run. I get to be with my son every day um, when he wakes up. Um, unless I've done something crazy and volunteered for a day in London or something. Or but, a podcast. Yeah, or a podcast. <laughs> but that, even, even then this morning, you know, it, it started late enough that I could see my children, have breakfast with them and sit, and it's a privilege. So um, it sounds like you've, yeah. you've managed to achieve that better. You said you were working every hour God sent before yeah. you sold your, your tech business, so you've managed to get that balance back in place, then yeah. have you? Yeah, definitely. And I think the thing with the tech business is when you have Australian clients, you end up working Australian <laughs> hours and then British hours yeah. and then American, and it's, oh, yeah, it's place. Uh, yeah. No so sleep. Yeah, the gym is very much in Hove in yeah. in, in British summertime. So yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. If, if possible, what I'd like to do is ask you a couple of personal questions. Oh, go on. Um, and some whimsical questions, kind of off the wall, um, mm. as uh, time is uh, running away with us. Mm -hmm. So. Um, what do people misunderstand about you most, would you say? Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know is the other. Um, I know when people don't like me. Um, and uh, so, uh, brief, yeah, I, I don't know, actually. Um, a lot of the time, um, people had no idea what I did uh, as a career. So that's why they didn't really understand yeah. about me. I, I'm sure you mean personally, but from, from a career point of view, no one understood what I did until I brought a gym. Now everyone knows what a gym is. So that's <laughs> nice and easy. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know really is, is the answer to that one. Is, is, is a rubbish question, a rubbish answer to your question. Is a rub maybe it's a rubbish question. No, to, to be fair, I can, I can come across quite, quite boring, I think. Um, and, and so... People don't really know what I do as a hobby. People, and they're often surprised that I can play the violin. You know, it's that sort of thing. So, I think I've, I'm well, always been the. That. I did not know that either. Yeah, well, well, we'll make sure we bring that up at the director's club at the end of the year. I'll play the fiddle for you. Something. <laughs> you play but pe pe people, people always see me as a work person. Always work, 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 and they never see me as as, as anything else. And I think that's my own doing. Um, so I think that's probably something that's. That's maybe people don't understand about me. But yeah. Okay, sorry, um, Sally, I don't don't really have a good <laughs> good no, one. No, it's all right. Well, maybe this one will uh, will 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 work it uh, better. Um, what does your morning routine look like? 
Oh, Jesus. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, well, usually it starts with a punch in the face. So, uh, and it is, uh, <laughs> is that from youngest... your wife? Or? No. No, that's usually from my youngest son. So, <laughs> uh, no, at the moment, my, my, my son is, is 14 months, um, my, my youngest. Um, and so we're kind of in this really, like, waking up. He, he might have a night where he's, he wakes up once. Um, so my morning c- can often start at half four in the morning or, and he won't go back to sleep. Um, so it'll be like playing with my son um, or he might wake at seven and surprise us um, so it's usually getting breakfast and I, I'm very aware and acutely aware that I'm leaving my wife with, with uh, my son all day so I like to have make sure she gets a lay in um, so my morning is get up with the son um, so George and play um, get his breakfast and then Ava my daughter will come downstairs and I get to you know, give her a hug and, and, and yeah, chat to her about her evening what, what crazy dreams she's had um, and then my wife comes down about um, seven half seven and uh, yeah get, we get them all ready I take, to take Ava to school and then I go off to work and, and then and then I look at my phone I try not to look at my phone because there's all stuff always goes on in the world things always break in the gym um, it doesn't matter what happens how well you maintain your equipment so I try not to look at my phone at all and then and then I look at it about about half eight nine o'clock oh well, crap <laughs> that's happened <laughs> but never mind it's, so that's my morning every morning and I love it and at the weekends I don't do any work I can relate to that because I have twins as well and Faye has kids as well. So having that kind of chi moment where mm. you can kind of relax and be with them 100% or 1,000% or whatever percentages of your time and then you go off to do your, uh, your, you know, your, your process and your, your day, I fully understand and appreciate. Well, I think I love, I love technology, but I hate my phone. I hate it with a deep and untold passion um, because the uh, and I have a rule with my daughter. I say, if you ever find me on my phone and you want to talk to me, say, Daddy, get off your phone. And that's like my wake up call. That's like, you're back in the room. Right. Stop it. Because I will do it. I'll glance at a chat in the middle of the day. And like, oh, oh. And I'll start. You know, yeah. type then out. you go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Might be in a yeah. park and she's like, right at the park. <laughs> but no. But she'll, she'll say, get, get off your phone. Like, ah, right. Thank you very much. And I have to remember to keep doing it. Um, so that, that would be my, my, my hardest thing is, is keeping off that thing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's not, not obviously agree with you, but I understand that process in our house. We have at five o'clock, Echo goes off and a timer alarm and basically tells me to get off my PC for the kids. Mm. Yeah, so you, that, have to you, know, do it. you have to do it, don't you? You have to have that kind of. Um, Definitely. Know. It's really important because I mean, I've got teenagers and well, three year old as well. So I've got it both ends. But it's mm. so fleeting that time when they're little and before you know it, they're teenagers and they don't want to know you unless they're asking for cash, basically. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so I mean, my, my son did it to me yeah, literally yesterday. He said, Mummy, get off your phone because I was on it and mm. sort of clicked on Instagram and then got sucked down that particular rabbit hole. And then he wanted to do something. And I think, as you say, it's really important to give them that time. Yeah. And one thing I've learned is in business is that, um, I remember I had a very toxic, um, toxic relationship with with people that had children before I had children, um, and um, and so so for me it, it was almost I, I remember working for a guy that wasn't a particularly nice guy and he used to laugh at people that had photos of the kids at the desk oh they're distracted you know they never be committed to work like we are you know and and um, I realised once I had children once I told my business that it can all wait and pe- yeah. you know if if you if you're a client is expecting you to skip dinner with your kids or things like that then you've got the wrong client yeah. um and 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 for me it was it was understanding that and i 
my reg- my biggest regret is not knowing that when I ran a tech business. Like I could have just turned around to the client and said, actually, I just need to go and help my wife because my, my daughter's really struggling today. And they probably would have gone, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Call me back in an hour yeah. or something. and Or call me back when it's sorted. And I never did that. I always was like, no, got to do this, got to pay the bills, yeah. and, and you do that. And 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 I wish I'd never done yeah. that. So, Okay. We are kind of running out of time. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so we're down to our last five minutes, uh, in essence. Um, I, we one, could easily one word talk. answers to all your questions. <laughs> we could easily talk all day. And I, mm. I, you know, if we could, we, we would. Um, as a kind of final question, uh, as a kind of final question to you, um, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose? Do they have to be dead or alive? Either. Oh, why didn't you tell me this before? I've got so many people. <laughs> Can I bring more than one person? Yeah, we're person? doing a party. <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably actually. Uh, does it have to be a, a public figure? Anyone you want. Well, I, just, I, I think I think my my, uh, my my late grandfather. I'd have him back, so so I could tell him about my accomplishments. So that Aww. that would be my one. Yeah, yeah, because he put a lot of work into me, and then uh, sadly passed before he got to see any of it. So, yes, that one. Oh, brilliant. Oh, well, it's been fab talking to you, Wes, anyway, and finding out a bit about your business. I've got one um, last question, if I may. So if you could have a conversation with your younger self, what's the one bit of advice you would give them? Brilliant. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, put you on the spot again. You're the first person we have on on the podcast. So, of course, we didn't actually give you the questions before. I'm a talker, that's the problem. So Um, I'm sorry. Oh, goodness me. Um, don't sneeze when you're using the sink. That's why I chipped my front tooth. I sneezed <laughs> while I was washing my face and uh, chipped my front tooth. And oh, I don't, yeah, so, so don't sneeze while you're washing your face. So that would be, be my advice. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> well, we would like to thank uh, Wes Atkinson for joining us um, today for our first ever podcast for Series 1 of uh, Hubbub, uh, the Director's Hub Founders Support Club. Uh, my name's Sonny Cutting. I'm Faye Miller. Thank you very much.